Hey guys, so today we're going to start a brand new series called Different. And I'm really excited about it because it's going to be a pickup right out of Easter. I want to actually pick up with a scripture right up here off the top. And turn, turn with me if you have your Bibles to John chapter 17. John chapter 17 verses 13 through 19. And this is what's on Jesus' mind and his heart right before he's betrayed, right before he's arrested, right before he's then crucified for you and for me. And so this is right before the Easter that we have just come out of celebrating. And Jesus says in verse 13, Now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Verse 19, closing out, And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. And it's so great because that's, again, what is, is on the heart and mind of Jesus right before He's, again, betrayed and crucified for you and for me. We're on His heart. He says, you know what? They're not of this world. That's what we're going to be really talking about in this different series. A people set apart to be in the world, but not of it. And, we, and you notice Jesus doesn't say, well, just take them out of the world. Just let's all leave. I'm, I'm Jesus. Let's all get out of here. No, no, no. They're going to be in the world. So don't take them out of the world, but just keep them from the evil one. And so in this different series, we're really going to be talking about a people set apart. What that means, what does that even mean? What does that look like? Well, a few weeks ago, my wife and I were visiting this wonderful place you may have heard of called Chick-fil-A. And uh, at this Chick-fil-A, we were getting ready to walk in, me and my wife. And, you know, if you know my wife is... is <laughs> kind of very pregnant, and so we're, we're getting ready to walk in, and, and you know, like every Chick-fil-A ever, is just packed busy, and all these people are coming out, so we sit there, and we, we hold these doors open, and people come out, and people come out, no one's saying thank you, no one's saying anything, we're just holding these doors open for people to exit, me and my pregnant wife, finally one guy comes out, the last guy out, and he says thank you, I mean, and, and then he says this, you guys aren't from around here, are you? My wife and I, we are twins, we actually kind of look at the guy and say, well, almost in unison, well, yeah, born and raised. He's like, huh. And he walks away. It's almost like if you've seen that, that movie, Rango, and I love the movie Rango, it's about this little lizard, you know, and this little lizard's out, you know, he's, he's in a cage, he's, you know, um, all kind of, you know, house kept and everything like that, and through a tragic series of events, he gets, you know, discarded out into this desert. And he's walking around in the desert, you know, and all of a sudden he hears this voice from, from nowhere saying, blend in. And he says, where'd that voice come from? He says, blend in. And he looks over and there's this little other lizard under the ground, you know, saying, blend in like the hawk's going to come and get you. You know, and I think the world calls us to say that, you know, oh, just blend in. Oh, just blend in. Oh, just blend in. But what we should be hoping to hear is more like, well, you're not from around here, are you? See, that's what it looks like to be different. That's what it looks like to be a people set apart. Turn with me to the book of 1 Peter, late in the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read just two verses there. 
verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You've been set apart. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood. One more scripture real quick. First John, a few more pages over to your right. First John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So what does it mean to be different? What does it mean to be a people set apart? The great evangelist Billy Graham puts it this way. He says, Christians are like the Gulf Stream, which is in the ocean and yet not part of it. This mysterious current defies the mighty Atlantic. It it ignores its tides and flows steadily upon its course. The, The color is different, being a deeper blue. Its temperature is different, being warmer. Its direction is different, being from south to north. It is in the ocean, and yet it is not part of it. So we as Christians are in the world. We come in contact with the world, and yet we retain our distinctive kingdom character and refuse to let the world press us into its mold. So over this three-week series called Different, we're going to look at three amazing stories right throughout the Bible, uh, of people who were recognized, sometimes, yes, at a cost, for being different, for being a people set apart. So I'm going to recap, but if you have your Bibles, turn over to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, there in the Old Testament. And this is coming up, to, you know, kind of out of the series that we've been into, and this, the Babylonians uh, have conquered the nation uh, of Israel. They split them up, and then they've, they've taken them away into captivity. And in captivity, they, they, you know, they kind of assimilate you know, some of the Jews there into what they're doing. And they basically take the, the smartest, youngest, most good-looking dudes, and they put them in a three-year college to teach them Babylonian ways, to teach them Babylonian history, and to give them Babylonian names. When these three guys you may have heard of, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You guys heard of those? No? You might know them better by their Babylonian names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're all friends and, and friends of this guy named Daniel. Daniel's name is Belteshazzar in Babylonian. They change it too. And so you've got Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or also then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're called to, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are called along with all the other wise men and, and all the other, you know, people in the kingdom to bow down to this 90-foot tall, tall golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar of the Babylonians, of the Babylonians had, had made and created, this 90-foot tall gold statue. 
And they said, you know what, we're, we're going to bow down. When you hear all these noises, of this, all the harps and the lyres and the trumpets and the cymbals, you hear that noise, bow down and worship this golden idol. Guess what? These three guys don't. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to pick up here at verse 8 of chapter 3. Verse 8 of chapter 3 in the book of Daniel. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music, as if they left any instruments out there, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? You know, we've put you through this three-year college. We've indoctrined you with Babylonian ways and Babylonian gods and Babylonian history. We expect you to worship Babylonian idols. What's going on here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And if you're ready, verse 15, when you hear the, the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every other kind of music, again, as if they left any other instruments out, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace, because that sounds fun. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. And let's just put a pin in that for a moment. Like, what? This is the king who's talking. Um, king, we're not even going to talk to you right now. Uh, we're not even going to dignify you with an answer to this silly bow down and worship a golden idol question. We're not even going to talk to you about this. You think the king was mad? Oh yeah. We're not, we don't have a need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. In other words, if we die or if we live, it doesn't matter. We're not bound down to that gold thing that you have made because it is not our God. Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. And the expression on his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army, the strongest dudes, to bind and tie up and shackle you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, in their tunics, in their hats, and their garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Now, why is that important? Because these dudes were pretty much walking flammable material. 
They kept all of their garments on, all of their, all of their clothes, their hats, their shoes, anything that would burn up. You might as well have doused them in gasoline before you tossed them into this fire. Verse 22. Because the king's order was urgent, and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now that's hot. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound, tied up, into the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered, and they said to the king, True, O king. Yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one, two, three. He answered, and he said, But I see four men unbound, not even tied up, walking in the midst of the fire, like they're having a party in there, and they're not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the door of the burning, fiery furnace, and he declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, walked out of the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair on their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Y'all, when I barbecue in the backyard, my wife makes me change clothes because I smell like smoke. These three dudes were in the fire and come out... Nope, nothing. No burns. Still wearing the same clothes. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make... A decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. And the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So we're going to learn five really key things about this passage in Daniel, about what it means to, to be different, what it means to, to be a people set apart. Y'all ready? Here's the first one. Just because the world says something is right doesn't make it right. Just because the world says something is right does not make it right. To worship some golden idol. And you know what? And just because the world says to do something doesn't mean that you should. Just because the world says something is right doesn't make it right. And just because the world says to do something does not mean that you should. And in verse 16 and 17, that's where we go back. We, we read Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and be like, Hey, we're not even going to talk to you about this, king. We're not even going to dignify you with an answer to why you want us to bow down to some silly golden statue. That's not our God. Number two, when you take a stand for Jesus, others will see Him in action. I'll say that again. When you take a stand for Jesus, others will see Him in action. 
And we see that there in verse 24 and verse 25 of here in Daniel chapter 3, where King Nebuchadnezzar rises up and he's like, you know, didn't we cast three dudes into the fire? Well, yeah. But I see four dudes walking around in the fire, unbound, and the fourth looks like, what, a son of the gods. Now, he'd never seen Jesus. He'd never met Jesus that we obviously know of. But he's sitting there watching these three guys. Probably, he thought, burn up. But instead, they're, they're walking around. And there's a fourth dude he sees. And he's never met him before. But you know what? I know what he looks like. King Nebuchadnezzar says. And he looks like son of the guys. This dude looks special. I've never seen anyone like this before, even in a fire. And when Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, when they took a stand for God, others got a chance to see God in action. And sometimes you and me and, and, and people in churches, and oh, I don't want to talk about my faith, I, I want to share my faith, you know, but I really don't know what I'm going to say. I'm really kind of worried about what I'm, what I'm going to do, and maybe it won't come off right. Maybe they'll think I'm weird and all that kind of stuff. So maybe I'll just, no, I'm not going to worry about all that kind of stuff. You see, when you and I take a stand for Jesus, we start talking about Jesus, we start sharing Jesus, they, the, the people we're sharing that with, they don't see us. They'll see Him. And that's what this is all about. Being different. Number three. When you are different for God, when you're different for God, you may fall into a fire, but you're going to walk out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were tied up. They were, they were bound. They were shackled. Again, they might as well have been walking around in gasoline and tossed into this burning, fiery furnace that was heated seven times more than it usually was. And it's so hot that they killed the guys who tried to put them in there. But they were different for God. And they fell into this fire, bound and tied up. But because... They were ready to meet Jesus there. Jesus encountered them there, walked with them. Others saw Jesus. You know what? No more chains because they walked with Jesus. They walked out of that fire. Now, sometimes life might seem like, you know, you're, it's just putting you in a fire and putting you in a fire and you're just getting burned up and burned up and burned up. But when you're different for God, you're going to walk out of that fire when you're walking with Him. You're going to walk out of that fire when you're walking with Jesus. No more chains. Number four. The only scars worth talking about belong to Jesus. Let me explain what I mean here. The only scars worth talking about belong to Jesus. In verse 27. 28, when they brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of that fire, again, there was, there was no smell of, of smoke, their, their hair wasn't burned, they, weren't, they didn't have any scars, they, they were just completely normal dudes coming right back out of this burning, fiery furnace that was heated seven times more than normal. And they could have bragged about that, they could have boasted about that, and you know what, they could have even been woe is me when they were on their way to be tossed into that fire earlier. But they didn't want to talk about that. All they wanted to talk about was Jesus. Y'all, if you haven't come to a place yet to, to learn that sometimes things in life, that's not punishment, that's provision. 
We're going to have to wake up and learn that today if we're going to be different for God. The only scars worth talking about belong to Jesus. And some of us in here and some of us out there have been burned really badly by our past or burned really badly by our relationships or burned really badly by our decisions or burned really badly even, yes, by church. And we sit there and we want to talk it up and, and revisit it again and again. Oh my gosh, let me tell you what happened for the 57th time. Let me go back and relive this story again and again and again. You're like, oh, okay, here's that story again. Here's that scar. There's that burn coming up of that, that bad thing that happened or those bad events that happened or that bad experience that happened. And we, we want to talk about our scars but y'all, the only scars worth talking about belong to Jesus. The ones that He bore on the cross for you and for me. Holes in His hands, holes in His feet. Crown of thorns on His head. And we, when we remember that, it shifts our perspective of everything about what it means to be different. We've got to be done talking about what happened in the past and all those bad things and bad things and bad things and stop looking at us as a punishment. Maybe... God's provision. Because God, He's God, right? He could, he could have put out that fire, right? Whew, there's the fire gone. And we know He could have done that. He, he's done that in Elijah. Or for Elijah. And there's, I mean, it's God. Come on. And God didn't make that fire either, did He? No. Nebuchadnezzar did. And his minions. But God also didn't put out the fire either, right? Because He wanted to join them in it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know what? I'd rather be with God when it's tough. I'd rather be with God when I'm feeling like I'm getting burned up. I'd rather be with God in the fire than out there in the world when it's easy. I'd rather be with God in the fire than out there in the world when it's easy. Because the only scars we're talking about don't belong to me. They belong to Him. And the cost that He made for you and for me. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, we're going to be in chapter 4. Just read a couple verses there in chapter 4. Verses 7 through 12. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Our frail bodies, right? To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. Those scars. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. Saying, you know what, I'm not going to worship that at all. You know what, I'll go into a fire. Whether I live or die, doesn't matter. Always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life and you. And that's the life that King Nebuchadnezzar saw when he said, you know what, that's, that dude walked around in the fire. Who's he? Who's that guy? Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego chose to take a stand and be different. Our last point this morning. Number five. You choose who is king of your life. 
You choose who is king of your life. No one else can make that decision for you. Your wife can't make that decision for you. Your husband can't make that decision for you. Your kids or your relatives can't make that decision for you. Your friends cannot make that decision for you. Only you can choose who is king of your life. And it's actually very simple. It's either God or it's not. You see, knowing Jesus is going to set you apart. But living for Jesus, making Jesus the king of your life, is going to make you stand out. It's going to make you different. And that's what we're called to be in this, in this not only this day and age, but, but out of the Bible. That's what we're called to be for our culture, for our friends. That's what we're called to be, a people set apart, a people who are different. A people who, we, the world should walk up to us and say, you're not from around here, are you? And we say, well, let me talk about that. Not my scars, but his. Not me being the king of the, my life, but God who is. And that's our challenge as we close out this first week. Stand out this week. Be different for Christ. Don't go out and set a fire. The world's going to do that all on its own for you. Don't, don't go out and set a fire. But be ready to be thrown into one. But if you're walking with Jesus, to walk out of it. Take a stand this week, you and me. There is going to be an encounter that you're going to come across where you have a choice to stand out, where you have a choice to choose who is king of your life, where you have a choice to be different. So be different for Christ. Let's pray.